0: Broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California, you are tuned into America's positive radio talk show, David Essel alive. Welcome aboard, gang, as we celebrate our 24th year on the air every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, interviewing the top experts in the world on how to improve our existence, mind, body, spirit, finances, relationships, and more. Coming up in just a couple minutes, I cannot tell you how excited I am, how blessed we are to have Marilyn Tam with us, uh, the author of the book, The Happiness Choice. And this is the thing. Whenever I tell people, you're not, I just can't believe how blessed I've been for 24 years. I get a chance to talk to people that have overcome great hardships, that have broken through to wonderful awareness, but even more than wonderful awareness, because awareness will only get you so far, have taken that awareness and applied it with action steps in order to change their lives and the lives of thousands of others. And Marilyn Tam is exactly that type of person. Marilyn, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, David. I'm so happy to be talking to
0: you. Oh my gosh, I am too, and I've got to tell you, okay, so, so I'm going to go through a little bit of Marilyn's background because you're going to get blown away. First of all, starting off as an unwanted, and we'll, we'll, we'll explain why she was an unwanted neglected, abused child in Hong Kong. We'll talk about all that, and it has a lot to do with the societal values that they put on baby boys and baby girls. You, you just can't believe it, but it's true. She comes to the United States. She ends up going through and becoming the CEO of Aveda. And by the way, Marilyn, my favorite, favorite hair product in the world for over 20 years is Confixer. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Thank you. <laughs> isn't, isn't that funny? <laughs> oh, that, I'm so glad. You know, so many people don't even pronounce the name properly, and you got it, and you understand, and you use the product. And
0: Oh, go right ahead. It's what?
1: It's organic and it's really you know sustainable and it's successful. Yes. So it's a great example of what 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 you talk about and and share with all so many of your listeners.
0: Yes, and 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 ladies and gentlemen, and I have used that I'm like twenty plus years. I don't know how long it's been forever, um, and I love it. Then she was the president of Reebok Apparel and Retail and Marilyn in um, 1988 to 92. I was a sponsored health expert by Reebok. Uh, Traveled traveled the, the the U.S. and into Europe, speaking for Reebok. So we've got a lot in common here, honey. <laughs> um, <laughs> we
1: certainly do. That's
0: amazing. What a synergy! It, it, it gets and it gets better. Then, then she's, <laughs> she's 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 a vice president for Nike, and for a couple years in the early '90s, I, I worked in the same position with Nike. Um, oh she's an goodness. author. I mean, this is just too much of a trip, you know. We, we we've lived parallel lives in some way, Marilyn.
1: We certainly have. Oh my goodness, I'm surprised we haven't run across each other physically. After it seems like we I... we're just going probably to the same places many times.
0: Exactly, exactly. And then uh-huh. we go into uh, like how I met Marilyn. How how I was introduced to her was through Lana Kim. Uh huh and and i was on svetlana kim's uh, show and she said oh my gosh you've got to have marilyn marilyn um uh, tam on your show and then ariel ford and i have been friends for years no <laughs> yes yes i mean i mean when i say years i'm talking from 1990 um so what 25 years now i've known ariel ford um marla scott uh oh who is oprah's ambassador of hope Mm-hmm. um is, is you know knows you and you know her yes, Joan Borisenko yes. one of your best friends we interviewed Joan <laughs> in the 90 I can't tell you how many times we had Joan on our show in the 90s
1: Oh if you have a chance get her new book out I'll, I'll connect you again because she has a new book out on on how to really eat for you it's called mm. the plant plus diet it just came out uh, last month and I can't tell you how great that book is so Yes. That's more synergy. She, she, Joan is a yes. fabulous person. She just moved, though. She just is moving to Santa Fe.
0: Oh, because she, she was in Colorado, right?
1: Yeah, she was in Boulder, and she's been there for twenty something years, and she just moved literally oh in gosh. the last month to Santa. Oh, Fe. Oh my
0: goodness! Well, but but isn't this fascinating? You know that that you and I, and when when I was reading through your bio, I'm going, you've got to be kidding me! Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, we're old friends already. We just started. We,
0: Maryland, we 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 truly are, and 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 talk about your upbringing in in Hong Kong. You your your parents wanted a boy because now is it the same today as it was back then? Do 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 parents relish male babies much more than female?
1: Unfortunately, yes. There has been more of a change because as as the education and the global system starts shifting. There's much more of an opportunity for, for people to see that girls can just achieve as much. But yes, there's still very much of a bias, and even in China, because as you know, Hong Kong is now merged with China. Um, right. With the one-child system, there have been many abortions of girls before they're born, because they, if they yeah. are only going to have one child, it better be a boy. So the ratio of boys to girls being born instead of the natural ratio, has been very much skewed to a much higher percentage of boys, and to the yeah. point that many young people now are having problems dating because there's not enough girls to go around.
0: Sure, yeah, it's, wow. It's a
1: sobering, hey. so sobering statistic because people just... It, it, it's a, It's being judged before there's any opportunity to prove oneself, and, and I think on so many levels... All of us feel that way that for we get judged by our appearance, by our gender, by whatever else factors people want to have um in their mindset that they never see the potential of who the person is in front of them really could be in their lives if they gave them a chance without their filters.
0: And look at you as the classic example of someone raised, unwanted, neglected, abused because you were a girl, and you come to the United States and you rock this world.
1: And that's – I like to share that story. Thank you for bringing it up because – is not a way for others to hear that because all of us have disadvantages in our lives and sometimes we may take those disadvantages and make them become our own handicap instead of saying, how can I learn from this? And, and instead we absorb that lesson of we're not good enough and we go around life thinking that for whatever reason we can't achieve our dream, our biggest dream because we have absorbed some lesson that we're not good enough.
0: Yeah. So how does a young girl, neglected, abused, abandoned, emotionally abandoned, absolutely, Mm -hmm. how does a young girl keep her strength, her integrity, her authenticity, and go after dreams? How did Mm. you do that?
1: Well, I was very blessed in in some ways, um, because one of the things that happened, which is serendipity, and I think all of us have those if we look for them, is that when I was born, my grandfather gave me my Chinese name, Hey Lee, which is usually given a name given usually to a very uh, the son the first son of a very prominent uh, family i n- don't know why my grandfather named me that because he died one hundred seven, so I never got a chance to ask him but I took that that name to indicate that somebody believed in me even though he never told me so in the times when I really felt like nobody cared and that I was worse than dirt, which is what my mother told me a lot, Um, that somebody believed in me, so I can't be all bad. And in that place, and I just want to share that with our listeners, that when you're feeling so hopeless or helpless or inadequate, look and think of somebody that might have told you at one time or more than one time, that you are good enough, that you are special, that you have something good going for you. It could be a parent, it could be a teacher, it could be a minister, it could be a friend, it could be an aunt, whoever it is. Take that and put it in your heart and say, I know there's a reason for my being here. And yes, I have potential, and yes, I am good enough. And so that is one thing that kept me going. And the other thing is I used to go hide in the trees or in the woods or someplace to get away from the people because there's a lot of physical abuse. (laughs) And so when I'm not around, then I couldn't be beat. (laughs) So in that place, in going away and trying to hide, I was in nature, and nature is so healing. And also in nature, I found the power of spirit, something bigger, bigger than the people that was abusing me. And in that place, I found the inner peace and strength that kept me going, knowing that somebody physical even though he he had passed on, believed in me, and also knowing there was something spiritual, something bigger. I didn't know the word spiritual because I was only a kid, but I knew the word that there was something bigger that could protect me, guide me, and and strengthen me, even though I didn't know the words.
0: You know, I love, ladies and gentlemen, I love more than anything having people like Marilyn Tam on our show to show that you can come from extremely disadvantaged backgrounds and through some of the wise advice she's given you, you can hold on to that buoy, that life preserver, and it can turn you into becoming the CEO of Aveda, the president of Reebok, a vice president of Nike, an author, an international figure. You can do the same thing. If Marilyn Tam can come from the space that she came from, Imagine what you can do with your life, even starting today, with that hope, that belief, that faith. We're going to come back in a minute with more with Marilyn Tab. We're going to talk to her for hours. I think we're just going to keep her on until next Saturday. Of course we can't, but this is the type of people that I want to introduce you to so that you can have the hope and the perseverance to go through what we're going to find that Marilyn went through in order to create the life that you love, desire, and deserve. Her website is MarilynTam.com. This interview will be archived at our website at 9 o'clock Eastern time tonight. TalkDavid.com for your friends and family that missed the live interview with Marilyn. It'll be up there for eternity. I'm David Essel. Stay right there. on my face. Are you ready for deep love? David Essel here, national radio host and author, with our newest book, Angel on a Surfboard, Lessons About Deep Love from a Divine Messenger. Set in Hawaii, columnist Sandy Tavish arrives for vacation, having no idea that the exotic women and retired surfer he is about to meet hold the answers to deep love. Get your copy of Angel on the Surfboard today at Amazon.com or five free copies at TalkDavid.com. Get Angel on the Surfboard today at TalkDavid.com. You're tuned in to David Essel Live, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel, Coast to coast every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, as we bring you, for the past 24 years, information on some of the greatest leaders in this world, helping you to shift mentally, physically, spiritually, and relationships, your finances, and more. And Marilyn Tam has done all of that. The author of the book, The Happiness Choice, the five decisions that will take you from where you are to where you want to be. Marilyn, so you come to the U.S., uh, abandoned, emotionally abused, uh neglected in in hong kong because you were born a girl obviously a a, a young girl and and the prize uh, package for families then and even to the today's to some point as you shared with us is to have a baby boy you come to the u.s to go to college who was your first mentor who was your first teacher who was it that first touched your spirit here that gave you that encouragement and incentive to carry on
1: Hmm thank you and i I'm so glad that you asked me that because it gives me a chance to to credit some a person that showed in her own way <clears throat> how it's possible to achieve my grandmother my maternal grandmother was married to my grandfather when she was fifteen and he was seventeen so obviously she didn't get much of an education and then she proceeded to have nine children, so she's not exactly somebody. With, that one would normally look at and say, oh, isn't she a model I want to follow? But for me, looking at her, um, raising nice children with making a a life from really good as a child and becoming a mother and and taking care of this family, when the kids got older, she decided that she could give back to the world. And she saw that in Hong Kong, where we were from, where I was from, there were a lot of people Refugees from China coming into Hong Kong, and they had literally nothing. They just literally swam across shark infested water to come to Hong Kong, and they hmm. had just whatever they had. And of course, during the winter, even though it's sub- subtropical, it gets down into almost freezing. And when there's no clothes and no food, and you're sleeping on the street, that's very dire. And yes. she saw that as a, as a way to give back, and she organized A program. She called it the blanket program, and she would raise funds from family and friends, and um, all my grandfather and my and all her children's connections, to give blankets as well as food, and guide them. These people who just came came from China into a way of making a life, to welfare services and all that, and it became a program so big and powerful that it got adopted by the government. Wow. And so I'm looking at this little lady, and she's only about four feet, about nine. She's very <laughs> tiny. <laughs> and I, was, I still remember seeing her holding her little clipboard and going up to all these people with a giant smile, looking up at them and saying, well, last year you gave 20 blankets. How many are you going to give this year? It was not <laughs> I like can <laughs> picture it. <laughs> and it wasn't like even that they could even say no. And it was almost, just, you know, of course saying that was like the, the base. If you gave 20 last last year, you, of right. course, have to give more than 20. And it's, <laughs> she's looking for multiple. And it just made it such a program that oh. it changed the whole welfare system. Wow. Because it, it wasn't just about a handout. It was a way for people to integrate back in the society and and because the people that came over had motivation, which is what what we all need as the first first incentive to do anything is you have to be motivated. These people had motivation. Think about that. They swam across or right. ran across or or climbing through barbed wire to get into Hong Kong because they had a dream. And so these people just needed a chance, and so they were given a chance. They were given blankets. They were given food. They were given um, access to welfare services where they can integrate in the system, whether it's just working in a factory, um, doing some simple assembly work, or what or if they have skills, they had an opportunity to give back. And in that way, they transformed their lives. In fact, it's, it's a, it goes back to a story that came back full circle. I After I came to America and Got my degrees and and started working. One of the the companies I worked with, you may remember. If you, I don't think you're that old, but in case, um, <laughs> was with Britannia Jeans. You remember the Jeans Company? Oh, Britannia Jeans. Sure,
0: sure. And you I know what, for, Marilyn? It, it it might be the only link we don't have together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Britannia. Jeans. I worked. But I remember. Company.
0: I remember Britannia Jeans for sure.
1: They, they made the patchwork if you if, for our listeners, if you remember patchwork jeans where they were all patches, that sure. was Britannia's jean. And one of the factories, one of the biggest factory groups we worked with was one called Glorious Sun. And the owner of Glorious Sun was one of these people that came across oh. from China. Wow. And so when I worked with him, he didn't even speak English. He, he was just learning when I was speaking to him because he had, you know, he didn't have an education. He started working in a factory assembly, as I mentioned to you, and through hard work and just passion and giving back, he was, by the time we, we started working together, and he grew into a multinational corporation, and he converted a lot of his business into giving back. And so the story from my grandmother, who knows, maybe she, helped him i don't know that because it was almost a little bit too delicate to ask at that point but yeah. going from that point of her helping people here i am what 25 years later working with a man who might have been one of the people that she gave a blanket to right and right. i thought wow I was so inspired by her, so in my own way, she was my mentor, even though she never told me anything, but just by her example of saying, my life is not what I was given, because think about a young girl at 15 marrying a 17-year-old boy, really, but at that time, everybody got married young, and together they created a life and changed so many people's lives, and really, literally changed the world.
0: That is so beautiful. Marilyn, I'm going to ask you to hang in there. When we come back, we have to go to another quick break. We're going to have Marilyn Tam just for a few more minutes. And when we come back, I'm going to ask her to give us her, her greatest information that she has learned over the years to help people financially in relationships with their body and with their spiritual awakening. So we're going to go through a quick bullet point where Marilyn's going to give us, okay, here's the most important thing I've learned regarding finances, relationships, body, spiritual awakening. And I know she has to go. Marilyn Tam, the name of the book, The Happiness Choice. I'm David Essel. Stay there.
1: No, I'm all about that bass, bass, no trouble. I'm bass, bass, no I'm bass, bass, no all about bass,
0: no You're tuned into David Essel Live, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at TalkDavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Broadcasting live with Nathan and Trishan out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. Welcome aboard, gang. My guest is a Marilyn Tam. We have her just for a couple more minutes from an, a, a neglected, abused child in Hong Kong to the CEO of Aveda, president of Reebok, vice president of Nike, writer for the Huffington Post and author of the book, The Happiness Choice, the five decisions that will take you from where you are to where you want to be. Marilyn, I wanted just to go through briefly and see if you could answer Like, we'll start with finances. What's the most important thing that you've learned in regards to being happy and at peace with our finances in life?
1: The most important thing to understand is why are you here? Because all of us seem to think, most of us, I should say all of us, almost most people think that we don't have enough money. No matter how much money you have, you think you don't have enough. You just Mm -hmm. think, okay, if I just get, 20% more, 30% more, 10% more, 5% more, some percent more, then I'll be happy. So first of all, we just have to go and say, wait a minute, what is it that I really want in life? And then once you align with that, then you know how to spend your money and you know also how to achieve finances through your work, your connections, whatever it is you need to do if You know your purpose. So, once we're aligned with our purpose, we're going to be much more creative, more productive, and much more attractive in, to the universe in how finances get fulfilled. So, the first thing we have to do is know why we're here on the planet. Once we know that, and then we say, okay, this is why I'm here, how can I fulfill my purpose? And in doing that, you will be much more aligned and creative and productive, which will generate more resources which can right. fill your need. But the key is always spend within your means because yes. there's always going to be somebody else who's going to have the bigger car, the bigger house, the the whatever it is, because Americans particularly um, have a need to have more stuff, thinking right. that's going to give us happiness. I mean, why, who else? There's no other nation in the world where we have so many... Storage lockers. You know, we have so much stuff that we can't even put in our house, in our <laughs> garage, or where we have to store some other place. Well, how can we use that stuff? I mean what is in there?
0: <laughs> That's so
1: good.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah, and then then we worry then we worry about the stuff being broken or a water water damage or broken right. into or some uh-huh. some insanity. Okay, next area, relationships. What have you found to be most important to be happy in relationships?
1: And this is so key, and it's a lot of times hard for people to hear. And that is, first, you have to love yourself. We're always looking outside of ourselves to be validated. You know, that if somebody would, would love me enough, then I'm okay. If other people would think I'm good, then I'm good. Right. And then, what do we always say to ourselves? We even say it to other people. Oh, it's almost as a point of pride, too. I'm my own worst critic. Yes, What does that mean? That means we are always telling ourselves we're not good enough. How can we bring in somebody who is going to love us for who we are because we don't love ourselves, so uh, the outside world, outside of us, is only going to reflect what is inside of our, ourselves in some way. So if we secretly think that we're not good enough, we're going to we're going to communicate that thought to other people subconsciously. So sooner or later, no matter how bright and shiny the new person or new people or even our uh, friends, we're going to communicate something to them that say that we have a defect. Right. And and so we, I'm not going to say that, okay, you should just love yourself and all the wrongs that you have committed, but just to forgive yourself that you're human and say, how can I learn from my mistakes? And how can I also love myself when I do make a mistake and I'm human? So it's a matter of just saying, I can learn from my lessons, whatever they are. Not just say that you can forgive yourself. Forgiveness doesn't mean condoning. We're going to make Correct. mistakes and we'll learn from that instead of keep repeating them. So loving yourself first.
0: Loving yourself first. And the last Mm. area is the role of spirituality and happiness. Mm.
1: That is so key. Because when we know that there's something bigger than ourselves, then we feel like that there's a support for us no matter what. And when we have that, we are going to have a level of comfort in knowing that the sun's going to shine tomorrow. Even if it's cloudy, raining, and overcast today, the sun's going to shine sometime. and And it's always there. Even when we don't see the sun, it's still there. And that's something that can give us that faith that things are going to be okay. And that's really what kept me going when things were really tough, is that I believe in something greater than myself, that there is some wisdom here in the universe that is going to come through if we persevere in faith and in good works that that we are going to be okay that we yeah. are okay even when things don't look so good
0: Marilyn Tam neglected abuse as a child in Hong Kong comes to the United States creates this most amazing life looks back at her maternal god grandmother was it your maternal grandmother yes Yeah, as 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 one of her greatest teachers because of a program that she created for those in need in Hong Kong and Marilyn Tam has then gone and you're living in the in the spirit of your your grandmother right now with the work that you're doing, the books that you're writing, everything that you've accomplished, Marilyn Tam is absolutely phenomenal. For people who miss this interview live in just about 20 minutes tonight, 9 o'clock Eastern time, this interview with Marilyn Tam, the name of the book, The Happiness Choice, will be up archived at our website. Make sure for those individuals who are struggling in life with low self-esteem and confidence, negativity, victimhood, whatever the words are that you know they could benefit from listening to the wise words of Marilyn please tell them that they can listen to it. It'll be up for eternity afterwards at uh, talkdavid.com. Marilyn, I knew this was going to rock. I knew that this was going to be so much fun having you on the show, and I so appreciate you giving us a few extra minutes here tonight as well.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. I look forward to further connections, and please, let's do this again. I had so much fun.
0: Good. We absolutely will, Marilyn. (laughs) Okay, and and you have a great rest of your night, and I will continue using my Confixer every morning.
1: And I will think of you every time I use my Aveda products, too. (laughs) Okay, that sounds great. Thank you
0: so much. You're welcome, Marilyn. Bye-bye now. Oh, my gosh. What a – I was so excited. When I read the background of Marilyn Tam, what she had gone through and what she had done, and then now she's creating this book, The Happiness Choice, which I highly recommend. Pick it up. Her website is MarilynTam.com. Check that out as well. Um, we're going to come back from break, and we're going to go into your texts, your emails, etc. I'm excited to get as many as we can um, You know, right now on the show. I'll answer as many as I can. And I want to remind you of this. So many of us struggle with that concept of victimhood. If I only had this, or men have always treated me poorly, or because I was raised like this, I can't have X, or because of the color of my skin, I can't have Y. We have seen people like Marilyn Tam over the years come onto the show and to show us that regardless of where we started, we can change it, but we need to switch and get out of that victim mentality. Pick up her book to learn how to do it. Go to YouTube, Google David Essel slash victim, And you will see the video we have on there about how victims never heal. Check all that out. And we're back in just a moment. I'm David Essel. TalkDavid.com is the website. Stay there. You're tuned in to David Essel Live, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. I love the choice of music here, Nathan. We could be heroes. One of the things that we need to be focusing more on is a combination of thoughts and actions to change our life. It really has to be both. It's not going to be one or the other. You can't do all the work necessary and have a crappy attitude and expect life to change, nor can you just have all the positive thinking in the world and expect your life to change without doing things outside of your comfort zone. Most changes that are powerful and that last are because that we've actually slowed down and said, okay, I'm going to start thinking differently about myself. What Marilyn Tam said just at the end of our interview about how so many times we put ourselves down. We're our own worst critic. We constantly compare ourselves to other. We're not enough. Our body isn't perfect enough. The money isn't enough. We're single when we really think we should be in a relationship or we're in a relationship and we really just wish we were single. There's always something wrong. If you're that type of person, you've got to switch your mindset and your actions. It's going to make a big difference in your life. Uh, I used to this uh, uh, several texts. We just got in about an hour ago. I used to drink and it got me in trouble. (laughs) I joined many of the crowd here, right? 45 year old woman. Now my friends say I've I'm a love addict. One ends one relationship ends and I have to be in another relationship. Is that the cross addiction you describe on your YouTube videos? Yes, it is. And I know a lot of people will not equate the two, but I promise you, yes, 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 it is an example of a love uh, of a cross addiction. So when people quit drinking or smoking or doing drugs or spending money or whatever it might be, they will subconsciously start to search out the same type of effect on the brain, the ah effect. And some people have a tendency to go into relationships. So they're not drinking or they're not smoking or they're not doing drugs or they're not overeating or whatever the addiction was, but they find the distraction now, the addiction, the thing to get them out of feeling life on their own is to be in relationship or to be in relationships. So we look to escape in a new lover or we look to escape in sex or we look to escape in a relationship of some form, some type in order to get the high because we don't feel like we're enough on our own. And how do you know this is, would this be for you? How do you know if that, even if you, if you never drank, how would you know that like, if maybe this is your escape? Well, you'd look at the last time that you were on your own and how long was it for? I mean, some people can't be on their own for more than two or three or four months. And after that period of time, they've got to be in a relationship. And part of the challenge is our codependency with society. You know, society has a tendency to push through books and movies and television shows and articles online. The beauty of love and the importance, you know, we're only here to experience love. Well, that's true. I think our purpose is to experience love, but you can experience love through service. You can experience love through your pets. You can experience love through your church, through your your spiritual foundation. You can experience love in so many different ways, not just in a romantic relationship. And if you find yourself frustrated to be on your own again or to be on your own for this long, then you've got to look at that potential as a love addiction, not just a sex addiction, but just the concept of a love addiction. So, so consider that. Look at that. Google on 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 YouTube, uh, David Essel love addiction, David Essel relationships, and you'll find we we have like five hundred and fifty videos there now, absolutely free for you to get some really solid good information. One 548 talk. Text us nine four one two six six seven six seven six. The end result should be that we want to be comfortable in our own skin. We want to have patience in relationships. We don't want to just flip from one to the next to the next, thinking that the correct person's going to save us. And there's no saving out there, gang. Um, I am a male, 49 years old. Your book was given to me last week, and honestly, I didn't want to read it. I now see the purpose of me being exposed to your book was this whole thing that you were just talking about, cross addictions. I'm a guy, and I have to admit, I believe I have a relationship addiction. Thanks for bringing it up on the air today. I really appreciate you. Uh, Then it said, P.S., you'll understand what I'm saying when you think about the girl, Mandy. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so what he's talking about is the lead character in the book meets this girl, Mandy, who ends a relationship two days before and starts hitting on the main character two days later, saying she's ready for deep love. And that's what I'm assuming this guy is saying that he does. So I'm sure he'll text me back in a minute if I'm wrong. But if that that's a classic example of someone who has a love relationship addiction. You know, in the book, we talk about this girl that two days out of a relationship, she meets this new guy and she knows he's the one and that they can have a great relationship together. That is a classic sign of a love relationship addiction going down. 1-800-548-TALK. And if you want more information on the book, uh, Angel on a Surfboard, our brand new one, go to talkdavid.com. Uh, My wife had our first baby six months ago, and we have not had sex in six months. Uh, I am so sensitive to her focus on the baby. Is it too soon to talk to her about sex? Well, first of all, I've got to say that that's wonderful that you haven't pressured her if she's not into it. So that's a good thing. That's a nice thing. Uh, If she's nursing, it could be that she's outrageously tired. It could be that she feels insecure about her body, uh, unsure about her body. So the respect that you have is awesome. But, yes, now is the time to talk. This is absolutely the time to talk. Do you know? And, and it really depends on the woman and it depends on how she feels. We've worked with couples where, I mean, within a week of having a baby, they're being intimate, sexually intimate again. And then I've talked to other people that build great resentments in life, they build huge resentments in life. Because of the fact that it's six, eight months, twelve months later and they're not having sex, they're not making love, they're not doing anything. But it isn't just the fact that they're not having sex or making love. The resentments build because there's been no communication. So if your needs aren't getting met, you know, if if, if your your partner has had a baby and your needs aren't getting met, you can talk about having your needs met and talk about what needs she might have. Maybe her needs are aren't to be physically intimate with you. Maybe her needs are to be held. Maybe her needs are to be, for you to be of service. But that doesn't mean that she can't also exchange that to take care of your physiological needs. And that's what being a couple is about. It's about communication during tough times like this, which I just love these issues because I know there's a way for couples to work through it. And if you need more help, email me at talkdavid.com. Uh, after listening to your show, David, I see I'm a sugar addict. Uh, I used to put down alcoholics until I saw I use sugar seven nights a week. And you're right. It relaxes me. Now, here's the big issue. How do I stop? Listen, addicts are addicts are addicts. We're all the same. Whether it's spending or sugar or fatty foods or alcohol or drugs or whatever it means, addicts are addicts are addicts. So can you cut back to a specific amount? If you can't, then that's a really sure sign that you may have to go cold turkey. But what do I mean by that? If you use sugar seven nights a week, you might say that, I okay, this is what I normally eat, 10 cookies a night, 20 cookies a night, half a pie a night, whatever it is, right? So you'd say, I'm going to cut it in half. So instead of cut 10 cookies a night, I'm going to have five. See how you handle it. I would also utilize the supplement glutamine. Glutamine is an amazing supplement to help cut sugar cravings. So go ahead and research the, the supplement glutamine. I would use um, as a substitute, but still giving you some sweetness, I would get unsweetened yogurt, plain unsweetened yogurt. You can get the, the fat-free or the fat kind. It doesn't matter to me. And add fresh fruit to it. Add sunflower seeds. Add nuts and walnuts and all that kind of stuff to it. Sort of make it a little party um, by, by, by utilizing that versus refined sugar, okay? So there's ways to cut back. You may have to go cold turkey. Cottage cheese with fruit is another way to sort of temper the sweet tooth until you can get it under control. Some people can go back after they're getting off of their sugar addictions, they can go back to eating sweets in a very moderate amount. Other people say, you know what, no, once I start, I'm just going down that pathway again. So they will stay simply with the yogurt and the fruit or the cottage cheese and the fruit. But we do know that sugar is a major culprit in heart disease. In inflammation like arthritis, people with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, the lupus, many times sugar can actually increase the inflammation and increase the, the pain. For people that have trouble sleeping that eat sugar at night, sometimes sugar has a rebound effect. Two or three hours after you fall asleep, your blood sugar levels drop and you awaken or you sleep restlessly. So if any of that is you Learn to cut it out. And send me an email at talkdavid.com. We'll help you out as well. Hey, over the next week, get involved with your mind. Fill it with positive things. Get out of the crap on TV and radio. Be bold. Be strong. Be positive. Go after each and every one of your goals. And next week, we'll rock and roll again. I'm David Essel. Talk to you soon.